0: Thank you for joining us today. Now that Christmas is over, Pastor Rander challenges us with a life changing question How will we live after Christmas Day? The fact that we are able to hear today's message tells us that God has extended His grace to us in a new year, an opportunity to live for Him on earth and ultimately with Him eternally in heaven. Will we do what we've always done? Or will we commit ourselves to consistently seek God, hear God, trust God, and obey God. The Bible instructs us to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not unto our own understanding. Without Him, we can do nothing. With Him, nothing shall be impossible. We must be totally committed to Him, just as He is totally committed to us. He's given us another chance. What will we do with it? Have your Bible close by and have pen and paper handy.
1: Blessed be God from whom all blessings flow in the midst of so much that's going on, it's just a blessing to be here, and I'm thankful. Have your Bibles turn with us. For the next few Sundays, we'll be laboring with this particular passage. I think it's befitting for the times in which we're living in, particularly since so many churches uh, have reopened, or opening, or are they are planning to open. I just believe that this is an appropriate passage of Scripture for us to engage in, as we bless the Lord with all of our heart, mind, soul, and spirit. It is found in Psalms 122. Psalms 122 verse 1. Psalms 122 verse 1. A very familiar passage of scripture. But let it not become so familiar that you no longer get the meaning and the depth of substance that's in the passage. It says, I was glad... I was glad, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I believe I'll read it one more time. We need to be reading that passage to a lot of Christians, particularly right now. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. And from this, uh, my title is, I'm glad to be back in God's house. I'm glad to be back in God's house. Maranatha, welcome home. Is there any joy in the house today? Don't fool me now. I believe I asked the question again. Maybe I need to say it in Swahili or German. Maybe I need to say it in Dutch or Hebrew or something. I, I, I believe, I want you to understand what I'm asking. Is there any joy in the house today? Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. The redeemed of Almighty God ought to say so this morning with all of our hearts, with all of our minds, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength. We didn't come here to play church. We have come here to have church to the glory of Almighty God. Blessed be God from whom all blessings flow. The psalmist said in Psalms 122 verse 1, I was glad. When they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Being away from God's house for an extended period of time should give us a deeper appreciation for being back in the place, the very place that God has dedicated and consecrated for the purpose of worshiping him. If you are not glad to be here today, especially when so many desire to be here, but their health will not permit them to be in attendance, you need to ask yourself the question, if I'm not glad, then why why am I not glad? Beloved, there is absolutely no place on earth like the assembling of God's people in the house of God. Did you hear what I just said? There is absolutely no place on earth like the church of the living God, where God's people come together, assemble themselves together to worship Christ in the unity of spirit and in truth. There are many people who are glad to be in many places. For example, there are people who are glad to be in sports arenas to see the big game. There are folk who are glad to be in the shopping malls for the big sale. There are people who are glad to be in movie theaters to see a movie premiere. There are people who are glad now with the reopening to be on the golf course to chase a little white ball. There are people who are glad to be in the concert hall to see your favorite singer, look at your favorite play, or look at your favorite dancers. There are people who are glad that the restaurants are opening back up again so they can eat their favorite delicious meal. There are people who are glad that all the gyms are opening back up so they can get their work out on. Beloved, what should transcend all of these Is that people ought to be glad to be in the house of God, to worship him in spirit and in truth with all of our hearts, with all of our minds, with all of our soul and with all of our spirit. Our extended period of absence away from God's house should convict us to never, never, never take for granted the privilege of coming to assemble ourselves together for worship again. Some people we've been doing this for so long, we just think that it just has to happen. But God showed us something is that we shouldn't take this privilege for granted We've been away a long time, so long that I got to just look at you and see who you really are with all these masks on. We should never, 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 never take for granted the assembling of ourselves together again in the house of God to the glory of God. Many refuse to come to the house of, of the Lord or either have gotten comfortable staying home because of Bible teaching on the radio Many rather look at social media, which is fine if you have some unique reasons. Many enjoy home worshiping on the Internet in small group Bible studies. Many enjoy the YouTube and Zoom in all over the place. Just to name a few. Beloved, these are not, they are good, but they are not substitutes for being an active member and regular attendee in God's house to the glory of God with the people of God. It is absolutely incredible how Satan has duped so many Christians into thinking that it is unnecessary to worship with God's people on the Lord's day. As a result, many saints are spiritual babies because they stay away from the house of God so conveniently, so comfortably. Uh, Many are biblically illiterate because they are unchurched and because parents are unchurched, the children are unchurched, and we got illiteracy compounding illiteracy. When you stay away from God's church too long, you get stagnant, you you get disconnected, you get unstable, you get transient, you lack a spiritual support system and a place of refuge where you can just come and be ministered to and be blessed and encouraged. I'm not speaking of those who have health challenges, whose health will not permit them to come. We're not talking about you. We certainly understand your situation. The church, however, is losing her effectiveness in making a spiritual impact on the rapidly decaying culture in which we live. The church is not making the impact. So many wimpy Christians barely moving to the glory of God. It's time out for having wimps. We need some saints who's got some backbone, some spiritual backbone. We need some co- courageous saints. <laughs> everybody's out the closet and yet the church have going in the closet these bars are wide open everybody's in these bars and clubs and everything and specs, specs haven't lacked for nothing all these places I mean they are out there in droves and we got a true oh I don't know maybe let me check and see if 15 folk die after that first service you know Many churches have drifted away from, from the teaching of sound biblical truth, which has weakened her influence in the world. Some churches have become so spiritually anemic and are losing their ability to impact unbelievers and the unchurch as well. In some instances, many Christians are walking around with their spiritual swords in their sheath. While others do not even realize that we are engaged in spiritual warfare. They have missed the call to arms. This particular country, the United States of America, will not be transformed by education. Education is good and we don't want to promote ignorance and illiteracy. But transformation will not come through educated. You got educated fools. You got edu- people who are educated who's going to hell with a PhD and a DDDD. This world will not be transformed through celebrities. This world and this nation will not be uh, transformed through the media. That's what's wrong today. So many Christians are being baptized in the media. They are media driven. Matter of fact, when I can hear them talk, I just hear media coming out of their mouth. Media, media. If we spent as much time in the word as we do the media, we would have spiritual giants in the house of God to the glory of God. The media... Will give information, but they cannot bring about transformation. This nation will not be transformed through talk shows, and this nation's show won't be t- transformed through politics. Oh, you want to get folk heated up? Just start talking about politics. And I believe some people enjoy talking about politics more than talking about Jesus. When is the last time you discussed a passage of the Bible? When is the last time you discussed John three sixteen in the Bible? When is the last time you just talked about Genesis 1, 1? In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. When is the last time you just talked about the scriptures to people and not talking about pol- politicians? Pol- politicians are getting... Credit that they don't deserve. Listen, they can, they can do it. I'll tell you what they can do. They can transform America for the worse. When Jesus came here over 2,000 years ago, he did not come with a political agenda. Look how quiet he guy. He did not come with a political agenda. They thought many, many were let down during Jesus' time because they thought he was going to overthrow the Roman government. But but his kingdom was not of this world. He had a kingdom that transcends politics. The gospel of Jesus Christ is our only hope in these evil, decadent times in which we live. God requires his church to dispense out the good news of Jesus Christ to those who are lost and headed to a Christless eternity. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. We are the church. And since we are the church, what is the church? What is the church? We'll be, we'll be dealing with this this week and a little bit more so on next week. What is the church? Many people today think the church, they think that the church is an organization. They think that the church is a denomination. You know, they calling call off denominational denominations and all these things. Some Many people think the church is a building. This is not. A biblical understanding of the church. The church is not an organization. It is not a denomination. It is not even a building or anything else. The church comes from the Greek word ecclesia. Say ecclesia. Uh, this is defined as an assembly. Ecclesia means, it's a Greek word for an assembly. It, 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 mean, it is a word that means called out ones. We've been called out of the world. Out of the darkness into the marvelous light to the glory of God. The root meaning of church is not that of a building, but of people. Often when believers are asked, what church do they attend? They usually identify with a building. Romans 16, verse 5a says, likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Look at that. Look at that little sentence. Now, you see, you read the Bible so fast, you miss the meaning and essence of what it's saying. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. The house is not the church. You see, Paul refers to the church in their house which is not a building, but a body of believers. The church assembles herself together in sanctuaries. We assemble ourselves together. Many churches meet in homes, churches meet in schools, hotels, many churches meet in offices, apartment clubs, uh, many churches meet in tents. There are churches who meet under trees and even underground to avoid persecution. We can go in the parking lot and and, and and really worship God and have a wonderful, worshipful experience. We can go out in that under that pavilion and put some mic and some seats out there. And, y'all, we can have the greatest worship service. Matter of fact, we might get some attention out there because we're too closed up in here. But sometimes when you get out, folk can be a better. We can be a better testimony before I don't look at I hear music over there. What what is that in my ears over there? What is the purpose of the church? I just defined the church. What is the purpose of the church? Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it gives us in that particular verse and a few others, the purpose of the church. The scripture says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and prayers. And they continue steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. According to this verse, the purpose of the church are number one, according to this passage is for teaching biblical doctrine. The church is about teaching the word, educating the people, indoctrinating the people of God from the word of God through the spirit of God. Secondly, the purpose of the church is providing a place of fellowship. The Greek word for fellowship is koinonia. Say koinonia and the word fellowship. We'll be dealing with that a little bit more next week. Fellowship. The the church is for the purpose of fellowship for believers. Thirdly, the, the purpose of the church is for observing the Lord's Supper. The purpose of the church is for observing and commemorating, remembering the death and burial and resurrection of our Lord, his suffering, his anguish, the substitutionary, vicarious death of our Lord on the cross. The fourth purpose of the church, you see it in that passage is prayer, 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 prayer is one of the purposes of the church. Uh, what's another purpose of the church? Uh, Is witnessing, and you see that in Acts one eight, which says, "And ye shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and beyond." That passage says it's for witnesses and the evangelization of people. You, we are in a time now where people need to hear the gospel. With the coronavirus and all of these things, it's sadly saints are talking more about the virus than they are Christ. We are in, folk, I, want, I submit to you today that we are in exciting times. We are in exciting times. People are worried, they're confused, they don't know which way to go, and you, we have the answer for the world today. We have the key to the kingdom, and the key is Jesus. It's time for us to open our mouths and witness for Christ, according to Acts 1.8. And number six, the purpose of the church is Acts 2.42, the entirety, the The whole of that scripture is worship. Listen, when when you continue steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and when you continue in fellowship, when you continue in breaking bread, when you continue in prayer, all of that comprises worship. That is worship. When you're doing those things, when you implement and execute Acts 242, you are worshiping Christ. And if you subtract the elements that we have just uh, forestated, then, then you have subtracted from the purpose of the church. For many weeks, churches in America and across the world have literally met in homes celebrating Christ through engaging in online worship celebration. And the church did not skip a beat, which is a great illustration for believers to understand that the building is not the church. We were out of this building so long that we had to get the dust off the pews, get the dust off the pulpit. We had to, we had to run the water in the water fountain to get the water going again. We Week after week after week after week after week. But we were out the building, but that, that didn't stop us from being in the church. We kept worshiping. We stopped doing communion. We kept praying. We kept fe- fellowshiping. We kept serving a peanut butter and jelly sandwich to the homeless and all these. We did not leave the Great Commission. The church is the spiritual body of Christ, of which he is the head. The church is the spiritual body of Christ, of which he is the head. In Ephesians chapter one, verses 22 and 23, it says, and God placed all things under his feet. What things? Everything is under the feet. Whose feet? Jesus feet God exalted Christ and he put everything under his feet and the church belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ and God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church for the church not for the sorority not for the Masonic law not for the Democratic party the Socialist party the Republican party not for a party Uh, which is his body the fullness of him who fills everything in every way Jesus is the great head of the church. He's in charge. It's his church. And we all need to bow the knee to Jesus and listen and do what he says. And the church will be a mighty army, a mighty force to be reckoned with when we do what the word of God says. Colossians chapter one, verse 18 also says, and he who's the he Christ. And he Christ is the head of the body. Draper is not the head of the church. The deacons are not the head of the church trustees are not the head of the church elder boards are not the head of the church coordinators are not the head of the church Uh, uh, influential members are not the head of the church I know folk may be answering to certain folk and can't move unless they check in with somebody but whoever you checking in with they're not the head of the church
0: I declare
1: to you today that Jesus Christ all by himself is the great head of the church and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn. Jesus was the firstborn. He was the first one to get up and stay up. Everybody else died again. Jairus' daughter died, died again. Lazarus died again various persons who were resurrected in scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, they lived and went to heaven and had to greet and come back and die again but Jesus was the only one who got up and stay up and he's the prototype of of the great resurrection that, that, that we like Jesus will get up and stay up and we will rule and reign for him at the coming of the Lord he is the firstborn from the dead that in all things he may have have preeminence be first transcend all the church is made up of all believers in Jesus Christ from the day of Pentecost get this the church is made up of all believers in the Lord Jesus Christ from the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 until Christ returns at the rapture of the church the universal church consists of all those who have a personal saving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, it says, some of us are Jews. Look at the, look at the diversity in the body of Christ and it's diversity here today. Some are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit. What spirit is that? The Holy Spirit. And we all share in the same spirit. What same spirit? The Holy Spirit. When you are born again, the Holy Spirit places you into the body of Christ. Now, you only have one baptism, no second blessing. Later on, you only have one baptism, then you get saved. When we come to Christ, It's the Holy Spirit that works the work of regeneration in the heart of man. When we receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we are at that moment, at that divine transaction of salvation, we are saved by the Spirit. We are transformed by the Spirit. At the point of salvation, we are indwelled by the Spirit. At salvation, we are sealed by the Spirit. At the point of salvation, we are baptized by the spirit we are placed into the body of christ all by the same spirit at the same time now you have many feelings like it says over in ephesians 5 it says be filled with the spirit that's an ongoing process but but many feelings but one baptism but we have all been baptized into the body by one spirit what body the church And we all share the same Holy Spirit. You were saved by the Holy Spirit. I was saved by the Holy Spirit. How can we all be saved by the Holy Spirit? He's omnipresent. And you know what bothers me is that there is not enough emphasis being given on uh, the person of the Holy Spirit in the doctrine of salvation. Did you get what I, I said? A big thought. It might have just gone right by you. There's not enough emphasis being placed On the third person of the Holy Spirit as it relates to our divine transaction, our salvation to the glory of God. You listen without the Holy Spirit, you can't be saved. You you can't be saved. The Holy Spirit works the work of regeneration. I can't wait till we do a whole segment of scriptures, uh, 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 sermons on just the doctrine of the Holy Spirit because there is really misconceptions, many of them as it relates to the third person. And just because you say he's the third person don't mean he's number three and he's less than God and he's less than Jesus. And oh, they are co-equal. They are co-eternal. They are God, one God revealed in three distinct persons. They They make up the Godhead. You see them at the baptism of Jesus. You see the Trinity moving in Genesis. All of the Bible, you can see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost.
0: As Pastor Rander concludes this message... Let us commit ourselves to the fruit of the Spirit as given to us in the Word of God. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Let us commit ourselves to giving our best service to God in all that we do. For when we give God's way, as His Word tells us, we will receive in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. If you enjoy this kind of Bible teaching, Please join Pastor Rander at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas.